0: So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, I'm Teresa McKee, your host for a mindful moment. Thank you for joining me as we explore ways to increase mindfulness in our day-to-day experiences. Mindfulness is presence, awareness. It's paying attention to what's happening within us and around us. Mindfulness increases our emotional, physical, and mental well-being. It can also enhance our focus and productivity. And there are many health benefits from practicing mindfulness and meditation, from lowering blood pressure to increased longevity. Perhaps most importantly in today's chaotic world, mindfulness strengthens our ability to be more compassionate to ourselves as well as others. We hear the term tossed around all of the time, self-care. It's become a cliche, but it's actually serious business. Our health and even our very lives depend on it. Most people think of the basics when it comes to self-care. Eat healthy, get enough sleep, exercise. Of course, many people don't even cover the basics. But on top of that, there's a lot more to self-care than taking care of our bodies. The key is right in the term, self. Self includes mind, body, and soul. It includes finding our purpose and meaning in life so that we can experience joy and fulfillment. It includes loving ourselves and accepting our flaws. Self-care includes achieving and maintaining overall well-being. By starting with the base of total well-being, we ensure not only being healthy and happy, but we ensure success in whatever we pursue. We have the centeredness, the energy, the motivation, and the persistence needed to get where we want to go and to achieve what we want to do in our lives. The key to deep self-care is self-awareness. Without that, we cannot notice what is happening in our minds, bodies, and souls, much less provide what is needed in the moment. There are multiple reasons we don't prioritize self care practices, so I recently interviewed Sandy Vaux, meditation teacher and yogi, as well as founder of Prosperous the Podcast and Prosperous School of Self Realization, a 90 day integrative breakthrough experience for modern day leaders, to get her thoughts. Hi, Sandy. Welcome to a mindful moment. Thank you so much for having me, Teresa. So I'm really interested to hear your opinions and wisdom on the topic we're going to be covering today, which is self-care. And I think a lot of people misunderstand what self-care means. And at the same time, I think there's a lot of people because of the last 18 months that are sort of reevaluating or reflecting on their, you know, what they want in life or what they want to change. And so I thought maybe we could start with your definition of self-care.
1: Hmm. Yes. That's, that's very great. And I think it, it resonates with a lot of people right now. I think a lot of people, especially because of everything that's happened the past couple of years have had this abrupt, you know, change in their life where they're starting to sit and reflect and, and ask themselves, is this what I really want for my life? Is this how I really want to feel or what is it? So for me, the definition of self-care is very straight to the point and simple self-care is being self-aware. So it's not about, you know, the pedicures, the manicures, the bubble baths, the tarot cards, the crystals, and all those, you know, beautiful things that are great to experience and that are great to have. But the self-care to me at its core is about your ability to recognize what you are aware of in the moment and then to follow up with the responsibility having the ability to respond with actions to to care for yourself in that moment and so i like this definition because it's not something that's so concrete that you know if you want to take care of yourself you got to do 10 minutes of meditation followed by 10 minutes of breath work followed by da, 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 which becomes its own to do list instead When you say that self-care is being self-aware, it's recognizing that we are all unique human beings. We came from different lived experiences, different background, different DNA. And therefore what I'm aware of that I need or that my body, my mind needs in this moment is going to be different than you. And what I'm aware that I needed when I was eight years old is gonna be different when I'm 40 years old, 50, 60 that's, that's how I define self-care.
0: I like that. So I know from your website and you have a podcast that we can talk about in a program for people to learn how to live this way. But I'm wondering, because you mentioned success a lot on those platforms, how you think self-care correlates with success?
1: Oh, yes. I think self-care is the number one most important thing that you can do for your success. I think when people think about success and often the way that we've been conditioned through our external programming, um, which is, you know, uh, things that we've learned in school, things that we've learned uh, on the media, magazines, celebrity culture, you know, it defines what success looks like for a lot of us we start adopting this concept and this belief that success has to look a certain way. It comes with a big house, a white picket fence. It comes with making lots of money. However, um, success is something that can be defined by you. And one of the things that I say is that the highest currency that we have in the world, isn't money. The highest currency that we have is our energy and our attention and so, when you practice self care and when you are implementing modalities, methods, tools to prioritize your own well being, you are literally prioritizing your energy. And the more that you prioritize your energy, the more that you have to actually disseminate into different areas of your life. Now, your business is thriving because you're able to put your energy into it. Your relationships are thriving because you're able to be present and put your energy into it. And same with your hobbies and projects and things that you love to do. And so everything in the world requires energy. And when we take the time to take care of ourselves and and practice being aware moment to moment uh, and being mindful about what we need in each moment we're able to really prioritize our self care, which the byproduct of that is success in every area of your life. And that's to me is, is what makes us prosperous human beings, which we're all here to, to experience is this prosperity.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's so true. For people that don't really grasp it at first, if you just think about if you wake up in the morning and you don't feel well in any way, yeah. you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, you don't get anything done. Right. (laughs) And so that, that's a perfect example of that. So thank you. Yeah, Uh, it's so simple.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. But you
0: know, we get very distracted with the busyness of life. So speaking of prosperity, what is your podcast about? And what's the name of it?
1: Yeah, so my podcast is called prosperous, the podcast, and it is 15 to 20 minutes long per episode. And it's I call it a sanctuary because it's this listening opportunity and experience to hit the reset button throughout your day. And it's all about, you know, how do I have this beautiful lived human experience while recognizing my spiritual essence, my spiritual nature at the same time. So on the podcast, I share grounded insights and in the delivery is just very relaxing and recalibrating rejuvenating and each 15 to 20 minute episode just wakes people back up to remembering. So it's not so much a podcast where, you know, you have your pen and paper out and you're being told what to do, how to do it. It's more of, hey, you already know this. You know, there's something within you that that understands this already and you just need uh, a reminder. And, And I think it really empowers people to to feel whole already versus feel like there's something wrong with them and that they need to be fixed.
0: Isn't that the truth? Great. What impact has practicing self-care had on you and your success?
1: Oh, I think everything. You know, when I first started teaching meditation, I thought that I wasn't able to uh, make money from teaching meditation. I was told like, you know, you can't make money while you teach meditation. And so I didn't. I became a sales manager. My background is in marketing. And so I became a sales manager and I did really well. I was very successful in doing that. However, I uh, got to this place where I was experiencing burnout and I started, I got diverticulitis, um, which at that time I was 20, 21 years old. That's a very young age to have something like diverticulitis. And I had these very painful attacks that would be, you know, right where my solar plexus area was, right where my gut area was. And to me, um, how that correlated was that I wasn't trusting my gut enough to actually say that me doing this other work, because simply because it's, it's paying the bills uh, to support myself so that I can teach meditation living in these two worlds, um, that I'm trying to piece together as one, uh, compartmentalizing my life. It's not working for me anymore. And I realized this is how a lot of us, you know, grew up. We were taught to put things in boxes and compartmentalize our lives and compartmentalize our identity. And so that's what we do. So when I'm here, I'm a salesperson. When I'm here, I'm a meditation teacher. When I'm here, I'm a sister. And while that's true in many ways, uh, what if we can be our whole beingness, wherever it is that we're at? So I'm like, why am I, why am I doing this to myself? And I became someone that wasn't actually practicing the things that I was teaching. You know, I I would be stressed that I had to hit certain income goals to to make money doing sales. And, And the thing is, because I was practicing some of the meditations and everything, it did get me to a point where I was the most financially abundant that I had ever been doing that sales career. However, eventually after that, I got to a point where I felt like I had to keep up with it. And then I started to abandon the things that helped me to get there to begin with. And so it gave me the courage to walk away from that job. And I started to say, Hey, like if meditation is what I want to be doing, but I feel like it's my calling, then why is there this, you know, why is there this belief, this, this background belief in my mind that I can't also support myself. And I also can't receive abundance from being able to do that. So since then I had completely shifted my entire life in a way where I could have this online wellness practice, which is my business where I can support all kinds of people around the world, but I'm doing it from a place of it's, uh, it's built around my lifestyle and not the other way around. And so, um, you know, I have very slow mornings. I don't start work until 11 AM. So that way I have time to take care of myself. And and integrate some of the practices or just have slow mornings in general. Um, And then I um, end my days earlier. I have very strict boundaries when it comes to how I'm using my phone and social media and technologies. And I work on a biweekly basis. So one week I have meetings, interviews, and podcasts and, and things like that where I'm in more of a masculine energy. And the other week I just have a blank slate and it just gives me this opportunity to be a kid you know, to, to allow my inner child to come out, to paint, to sing, to write, you know, make videos, do whatever it is that I creatively feel called to do. And so it's a completely different lifestyle, but that came through from, you know, these self-care practices. And now I feel like I'm experiencing the feeling of what success is because not only Am I doing the work that I desire to be doing, but I actually am enjoying it in the process versus my old self was like, I'm going to achieve all these things and hit all these goals, but you hit the goal and you're not even feeling anything. You don't feel any different and you can't even enjoy it because you're not slow enough to actually be present with it. So
0: yeah, I had a client yesterday, a coaching client who was expressing all the things they don't like about their job, you know, reports and writing and sort of technical stuff. So when I asked what she did, like, she said, well, I like everything creative. I like to draw. I like, you know, she's going through this whole, everything was creative. And so I said, well, why aren't you working in a field where you can do that? And same thing, those self-limiting beliefs that we adopt as children or, you know, at a young age, and we believe them for a long time until someone comes along and says, you don't have to believe that. (laughs) So I love that because that's the truth. A lot of the stuff we carry around is just kind of nonsense. You know what I mean? But you just, you're not aware of it because that's what you've been taught your whole life. So, yeah. so that, that's a great story that you kind of broke out of that. Yeah.
1: Thank you. What are your
0: top three favorite self-care practices? So if someone was like maybe looking for an effective practice to start, what are your top three?
1: Oh, my top three to start. I like to share really simple things because here's the thing. If it's not simple, then your brain is going to trick you out of doing it. And you're going to justify that you don't have time. So my top three favorite is spending time outdoors. So if you can spend a lot, you know, 10 minutes a day going for a walk outside, but, you know, take your shoes off, allow your feet to touch the ground and be present with what is around you. Try not to bring your phone with you because, you know, even just having your phone on you alone you're going to create this addiction to constantly checking it, even if you have it on silence So don't bring your phone with you and be present with all that's around you. Observe the trees, observe the way that the wind blows and you can see leaves, you know, um, swaying back and forth on the trees. Observe the birds that are flying by, observe the clouds, observe um, the temperature, observe what you feel on your skin. Uh, and just allow yourself to be in a full observant mode for 10 minutes a day, you know, to start off. So that's my first favorite uh, self-care practice. Or even laying on a hammock is amazing because it just feels like you're a cocoon and you're being hugged and nurtured by, by Mother Nature and these trees. The second uh, simple self-care practice for anybody to start is deep breathing. When we were younger, when we were babies, if we, if you have a baby, just notice the way that your baby breathes, the way that your baby self-regulates babies breathe from their bellies. And we also were breathing from our bellies when we were younger, but over time, the more fear that we've adopted from the outer world, the more rush and angst and, and anxiety that we've experienced, the more we've actually learned to breathe from our chest and in doing so we're cutting that circulation short and the oxygen isn't able to fully, fully nourish the cells that it needs to. And so you feel like uh, at a certain point, your mind doesn't feel as clear. It's harder for you to make decisions, all kinds of things. And so just practicing deep breathing is, is really, really powerful. So this is what I call earth breathing that I teach through my meditation method you lay on your belly and you just breathe on your belly because you're naturally on your belly you're going to experience the gravity push your belly up up and down and you're creating a, a stronger diaphragm because of it and then when you stand back up you're going to breathe a little bit more easier from your diaphragm so so deep breathing is really helpful even taking the time to pause and breathe you know deeply for 1 minute a few times a day you'll you'll feel so much better And the third is movement. Um, Movement is really important uh, besides breath work and, and, you know, going for walks outside because um, movement is, is about the expression of energy. So a lot of us, we have stagnant energy that's just stored in our bodies. And, and this is what, you know, sometimes is, is what trauma is and trauma is consciousness that's stored in the body. A lot of us have suppressed our truth, like what we truly want to say. We suppress our feelings. We suppress Um, pain because we don't want people to see that we're in pain. We're taught not to be delicate, not to be vulnerable, not to be fragile. And so we walk around the world with this really tough exterior in order to protect ourselves. But ultimately what happens is all that energy um, becomes stagnant within our bodies. And sometimes we physically can feel that as well. Just like for me, the way that that's manifested in my body during my years of depression was an extra you know, 50 pounds on my body that wasn't there before or diverticulitis at a really young age. Right. And so our bodies are constantly trying to tell us something. And when we're moving, whether it's through dancing, just turning your favorite song on and dancing um, and and not caring about what you look like, not trying to plan out your moves, that's going to allow all that energy to move through your body. And and you're going to, you're allowing yourself to express yourself in a way that um, releases a lot of that energy as well. And you literally feel lighter and it's such a simple shift that you can do.
0: Yeah. Music and dancing are two of the easiest ways that I know of to shift your, your whole energy. Like it's Mm. instantaneous, but yeah, that's great. I'm wondering because a lot of people have the misperception that if you teach meditation or you teach mindfulness or And all of the practices you just described are great examples of mindful practices, but that those of us that teach any of this never experience stress. And of course, that's not true. Stress is just part of life. But what I'm wondering is, do you have a go-to technique? So say you find yourself in a situation and you feel the stress response starting, do you have a quick hit that you go to, to stop that process?
1: Absolutely. And thanks for highlighting that, you know, because we're all human beings. We're all spirits here having a human experience. And, and if you were someone that said that you, know, you never experienced pain or stress or, or anything, then you're, you're sadly avoiding yourself of this human experience. And, and there's a lot of powerful lessons to learn there. So, so thanks for um, spotlighting that. So for me, whenever I feel like I have a, a lot of tension that comes up in my life, first, I, I put myself into a, an observant mode. And I think because of practicing every day and being a lot more diligent around it, it's helped me to slow down my reaction time. So whatever the stimuli is, whatever it is that's causing the stress, I'm actually slow enough or to be calm enough not to react. But even when there's a certain trigger um, there's enough time in between enough space for me to actually sit in it for a moment and then I can I can respond. But, you know, sometimes when there's a repetitive amount of, of tension that I'm experiencing and there are triggers that happen because there are certain things within my own unconscious that needs healing. I resort to movement and I resort to breathing practices. So a really powerful breathing practice that I love that just really helps to balance out the left and the right sides of my body, my masculine, my feminine energy is alternate nostril breathing, which is not a show note. I found that whenever I've, I've experienced any tension and I just sit down and I do some alternate nostril breathing, it recenters my mind, it recensors my body and it takes me out of thinking from the past, thinking towards the future, allowing myself to be more emotionally triggered. Instead, it's creating this recalibration of a, almost like a blank slate for me to see whatever that situation is in a different perspective, but not just see it, but my body is feeling relaxed at the same time. So I think that's really powerful because oftentimes when we feel stressed, we um, stay in that stress response and that just spirals. But if you can respond in a way where your body's feeling relaxed at the same time, and then you're teaching it how to relax through these breathing practices, now your mind is, it's like you're pulling yourself out of the situation so that you can actually look at it and see it more clearly. And therefore, that stress isn't going to spiral. And so the difference between now and then is that then my stress would bring me to a whole nother level of stress and it would cause panic attacks, anxiety and all of that. Whereas now when I experience any type of stress, there's the ability to manage it and transform that stress now into creativity. So when I feel that stress and that tension, because I'm supplying myself with these breathing practices, I can now have a clearer mindset to say, okay, now I see the angle of where this is coming from. I see the lesson that this is teaching me and I can take this stress and I can actually use that energy that I'm being provided with, thank goodness. And I can turn it into something great, whether it's movement, whether it's art, whether it's, um, you know, implementing a new idea, a new program or whatever that is, that's how I refuel myself through the stress. And therefore now stress isn't such a bad thing anymore. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. And I
0: think, you know, a lot of people, they're sometimes intimidated because they think they can't remember things like when something happens, just stop and breathe but if you practice every day, it becomes a habit and and it's automatic. It's, you don't have to think about, oh, I need to breathe now. You just recognize, or I need to go into observant mode, but you have to practice every day when maybe there's nothing big going on so that you, your brain gets accustomed to going to that. Don't you think?
1: That is the key right there. Yeah. And that's, I find this happens a lot. And I definitely, um, I definitely did this in the beginning where you know, you do that meditation practice, you do that breathing practice, and it feels so good. It feels so good that you're like, huh, I don't have to do it. (laughs) I'm feeling good. Like my life is good. Everything's amazing. I'm in la la land. I'm skipping. And you think you don't have to do it anymore. and, And so you stop, but then everything comes back again. And so I've learned by my own experience that, Hey, you're better off practicing on a daily basis as much or as little as you possibly can rather than not do anything at all, because what you're building is muscle. You know, you don't build muscle by... by you're your building your willpower muscle. You don't build muscle by going to the gym and lifting two pounds and then never go back again. You build it through consistent daily small actions. And, and that's how you build. And it's the same thing when it comes to sharpening your own willpower to do things when you actually don't feel like you need it. That's when you actually um are creating a solid foundation for yourself and then when there is a lot going on in your life and you definitely need it the most it becomes an automatic response you are no longer thinking to yourself oh my god i'm so stressed out i need to block away time to do xyz because it's an added thing that you now have to think about instead it becomes an automatic response because you've trained your mind and your body how to do it already so it just happens naturally for you
0: yeah absolutely and it works I mean, because it's automatic, it doesn't matter if it's mental uh, stress, emotional, physical. I, I almost had an accident the other day and I was hanging actually literally from a tree. I just automatically stopped and breathed. You know what I mean? So it's like it becomes an automatic response, like you said, and it serves you in any situation because instead of your body just flipping into that stress response and you getting flooded with those hormones, you're giving it that little pause, right? Two seconds even, or five seconds for your whole system to go okay wait but you give your body that little those seconds to just recalibrate and support you so whether it's again your mind your physical body or your soul but you're giving it that pause and i think that that's so helpful in life because once you learn to do it and it becomes a habit then you're no longer sort of a slave to the whatever's happening externally and i think that's the key to all of it so
1: thank you for that
0: uh that tip of wisdom
1: a powerful example too.
0: So as we come to a close, I know you have a a program called Prosperity 2, in addition to the podcast. So what's your program about?
1: Yeah. So the program is called Prosperous School of Self-Realization, and it is a 90-day wellness uh, program. And it has a very holistic approach because we look at the mind, the body, the spirit, and offer techniques and methods and tools for self-transformation so that you actually become more self-reliant and self-sufficient. And so one of the things that I found is that uh, people feel like when they dive into the world of self-care, spirituality, dive into the world of taking care of themselves, that it it feels like it's taking away a lot out of their life. That's why a lot of people just don't start because they feel like it takes way too much time. And so what I wanted to design is a, a program an experience where they're able to subtly integrate some of these practices in a way where it actually enhances a life that they already have. And uh, in terms of breaking away old patterns, it's gently helping them to break away from these old patterns. Therefore, um, it's experienced a lot of success you know, with people that go through it within the 90 days because it's being done in a very intentional way where there's not a lot being taken away out of their lives to where they feel like they're not going to do it. And, and they're given all these different types of tools. So they have a menu of options that they can choose from based on what they're aware of that they need in that moment. And so they can constantly go back to that, that saying of self-care is being self-aware. I'm noticing that I feel stressed right now. Okay. So let me, let me try this breathing practice, or I'm noticing that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things coming from my unconscious mind and I'm recognizing X, Y, Z. And so. The program doesn't just teach you the what and the how, but the why, so that you actually feel more empowered to be the creator of your own life. And you feel more empowered to make different lifestyle choices that completely transform it within those 90 days. Wow. That's
0: excellent. And if someone wants more information about your program, where should they go?
1: Yes. So you can find everything on www.sandyboe.com.
0: Excellent. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all of this information. I think it's very timely. I think it's important for people to realize that self-care goes way beyond, you know, eating healthy, sleeping enough and exercising, which many people don't even do that. But I think it really does completely affect and impact your quality of life. And I appreciate your insights today.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you for having me as well. I'd love to gift your listeners a 14 day free trial as well to the daily energy upgrade. So it's audio clips that they get from me that are three minutes long or less. And it's a nice reset button to stay on track with your well being goals and to just feel more centered and rooted as you're moving about throughout the world. So I'd love to offer um, the link for that so that they can get that for 14 days free.
0: Okay, great. And so uh, you can, do you want to say what the link is or
1: should I put it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, sandyvo.com forward slash energy upgrade. Fantastic.
0: Well, thank mm-hmm. you so much. And I hope you stay well and thank I you. appreciate you being here.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, Teresa.
0: Bye-bye. Thanks again to Sandy for sharing her expertise on self-care. Remember that we only have one body and one mind to last a lifetime. They require maintenance. And practicing deep self-care is one of the most powerful actions you can take toward living a life of well-being. Until next time, we can live better lives and create a better world. All it takes to get started is a mindful moment. work to lives Dynamic Coaching Certification Program is a self-paced online course series that strengthens emotional intelligence and mindfulness skills, along with relationship building, communication skills, time management, self-motivation, and more. Visit our website for an informational video on the program. You can also find resources for self and leadership development, as well as the latest books by authors we interview on this show. Go to worktoliveproductions.com bookclub book club to start shifting your quality of life today. And be sure to visit our YouTube channel at Work to Live, where you'll find videos of our interviews, animated shorts on daily living and working, guided meditations, and more. Please subscribe to A Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee wherever you get your favorite podcasts and rate this podcast so that others can find us. Follow us on social media at work to live A Mindful Moment is written by Teresa McKee. The English version is hosted by Teresa McKee, and the Spanish version is translated and hosted by Paola Tile. Intro music, Retreat, by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll, by Josh Kirsch, MediaWrite Productions. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is produced by work to live Productions.